Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Good morning. Roto experts. To the end zone. It's the mark of fantasy excellence. You have to be careful about who you think is stepping forward on the depth chart. It's time for a touchdown. You are now tuned in to the Roto Experts in the Morning on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Rise and shine, fantasy players. It is a beautiful day in the neighborhood. It is Tuesday August 21st, and your boy Speeds, the spitting statistician, is back. Let's cock-a-doodle-do-it. This is Roto Experts in the Morning right here on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network. You already know what it is. I'm your host, Dane Martinez. They call me Speeds, the spitting statistician. And it feels so good to be back with my man, El Rey de Fantasia, FSWA Hall of Famer, the King, Scott Angle. Scotty, did you miss me? Of course I did. You know, it's good, it's good, it's good to have you back. You know, we're uh, now in the second week of preseason is finished, and uh, Naheem Hines is pissing me off. Yeah, Naheem Hines needs to hold on to the ball, yeah. Scotty. I was going to ask you about that. Yeah. Listen, um, <laughs> they're, running, they're starting Christian Michael. They got Josh Ferguson out there. Then even Jordan Wilkins, who himself, you know, can't hold on to the ball, although it gets picked up in the end zone for a touchdown. And then our boy Naheem Hines doesn't look like he can sniff any action with the ones. Let's talk about this game, okay, the Ravens and the Colts. Definitely Naheem Hines. We may have to have a little bit of cause for pause, be throwing those guys out. What do you think of Andrew Luck, though? Because to be honest, I think he's got a little bit of rust that he still needs to shake off, and we still have yet to see him, Scotty, throw the ball more than kind of 20 yards down the field. Last night, he didn't have his number one target, T.Y. Hilton, either, so you got to think that gets better, but uh, I still think uh, there's some rust that needs to be shaken off by Andrew Luck. Yeah, you know what? The, the thing that struck me the most about watching him last night was is that the reads were there and his mechanics were, were fine and he was nimble in the pocket, but it looks like the arm strength isn't there. It's like you, you don't see the zip on his passes uh, and you know, most of his better completions were like you know underneath stuff and yeah. things like that. And it's He's definitely got radar for Jack Doyle. I think Jack Doyle yeah. could be top five fantasy tight end last year. He caught 80 passes last year from uh, Jacoby Brissett. 
Yeah. Do you think Jack Doyle is still? I mean, definitely, right? A lot of his best best work last night was kind of over the middle of Jack Doyle, even you know, kind of avoiding the rush and still hitting Doyle over the middle. Do you think Doyle? And I I understand. I agree with you. Do you think Doyle still is locked on like that if Ty Hilton is on the field? Oh yeah, because you know you can't just throw to just Ty Hilton. He's got to have mm-hmm. a second, third option, and Ty Hilton's more of a deep, deep guy. Whereas you know Jack Doyle is outstanding for moving the chains. Yeah, absolutely. And to your point, Scotty, another thing that we noticed: none of uh, Andrew Luck's balls traveled over twenty yards in the air. So he still hasn't hit any of those like big deep outs, or like you said, taking a shot over the top to a guy like Ty Hilton. I'm gonna tell you something though, Scotty. You know what I saw last night on the other side of the field? These Baltimore Ravens—they are taking shots down the field. First play of the game, play action shot to Smoke Brown. It did not get complete. But uh, he did get a touchdown later on, John Brown, that is. Joe Flacco looking pretty good. Now, I mean, there was a lot of talk, uh, Scott, you know, oh, Joe Flacco looks the best in camp that he's done all all career, that he took his pass catchers to a camp, you know, kind of working with them in the offseason. And, you know, we had so much buzz about Lamar. But maybe it's, start, maybe it's time to start uh, acknowledging that really there is no quarterback controversy in Baltimore. Um, I think at one point last night, they said he's a year away from being a year away. Uh, so let's put Lamar aside for a second. Talk to me about the prospects for Joe Flacco in a super flex or in a two-quarterback league this year. Yeah, Flacco is pretty much like Alex Smith was looking last year when they brought Patrick Mahomes in. Suddenly, it sparked him to play better. And, you know, nice 29 completion, yard completion to Crabtree. And then a perfect pass to John Brown, who toe-tapped in the back of the end zone. But with Flacco, even in his best years, he was not that good of a fantasy quarterback. Even as a QB, too. Uh, you know, he was solid, and sometimes he was a little above average. I wouldn't even say outstanding. So I'm still not going to get excited from Joe Flacco from a fantasy perspective. But if I was a Ravens fan, you know, that, you know right. that'd be different. And, you know, maybe there's sometimes in DFS when he's got a good matchup and he's aptly priced, you know, maybe I'll take on a uh, shot on Flacco for a decent floor. But I, I really can't see drafting him. You know, when I get later in the draft, you know, it's like if Derek Carr is still there, I think right. he's going to have a nice rebound season. And I'd much rather have, say, a Derek Carr even take a shot on the upside of Mitch, Mitch Trubisky. So I'm not feeling it. But, look, he's the starter. Yeah, Lamar, Lamar Jackson was, you know, last night just like the accuracy was not there, overshooting people, uh, you know, off, off their hands, et cetera. You know, Lamar Jackson is not ready, anywhere near ready to start. Yeah, absolutely. I think that is uh, becoming more and more obvious. It looks like, Scotty, you may need to update those rankings. When I look, you have Lamar Jackson as QB 30, Joe Flacco as QB 35. So, um, you know, obviously in the next one, it looks like we may flip-flop those a little bit. And the other thing I'll say with you, uh, Scotty, you mentioned how, yeah, like Mitt Romney back in the day. But, um, you know, you mentioned that He's not really that intriguing or enticing anyway in fantasy. One of the points they also made on the telecast yesterday, and you know, and I think it was the example was that first play, taking a shot down the field, that they are trying to be more aggressive in the passing game, 
right? So maybe we see a little bit of a different Ravens offense that is more conducive for fantasy. It looks like that's what they are trying to do, put the ball in his hands a little bit more and throw the ball downfield a little bit more. Might that make him a little bit better for fantasy purposes? Yeah, it'll make him a little bit better. But even in his best years, Flacco was not that good of a fantasy quarterback. You know, this will turn him from, like, total afterthought, you know, to – you know, maybe decent backup at best. Yeah, Look, everybody's down on Flacco and Eli Manning coming into this year, but neither one of them was surrounded with a lot of talent last year. Right. And, you know, to just blame the quarterback. You know, Flacco was, like, just throwing short passes between the hash marks, but he didn't have any playmakers last year either. So, you know, that's something to remember. He didn't have a Michael Crabtree. He didn't have a John Brown. He didn't, he didn't have a Hayden Hurst, you know, I think. Uh, who's going to be occasionally relevant? And, you know, somebody Willie worth Sneed. watching as a DFS play. You know, Willie Sneed, who if he can rebound, you know, is a fantastic possession receiver and a fantastic NFL number three wide receiver. Not somebody I want for fantasy, but you know, these guys are. I think at this point in their careers, they're only good as what you surround them with. And both of them guys have more talent. I'd rather have Eli than Flacco. Oh, yeah, me too, because also you got to remember, Eli, I think the weapons Eli has are a lot stronger, starting with Odell Beckham, including Saquon out of the backfield. And then don't forget about guys like Shepard and, of course, the second-year tight end, Evan Ingram, as well. Listen, Scotty, we're off and running. we got a great show for everybody. You know, you had to roll out the red carpet for Speed's return. Not only are we going to get caught up on all the kind of injuries and news and notes out there, but we're going to be talking with Mets starting pitcher Steven Matz. I know you spent a couple of minutes with him. Him, talking a little fantasy football, New York Mets lefty starter. We're going to get it in with him. Remember also the number to call if you want to join the fun is 844-843-6879. And Scotty, over my uh, vacation here, I had a lot of team name submissions. We kind of crowned the champion for the first half of our contest. We're going to update you, Scott, and see if we get you to chuckle at all a little bit later on in the hour as we make it rock 7 to 8 a.m. Monday through Friday. Friday on uh, Roto Experts in the morning. The other big thing that I saw yesterday, Scott, is, uh, you know, we heard when Darius Geis went down that, uh, you know, at first that the Washington football team was going to handle it in-house. Well, not so fast, okay? They had Orleans Darkwa in. They had Jamal Charles in, of all people. But then they had Adrian Peterson in for a workout, and he did enough to impress them. They signed Adrian Peterson to a one-year deal. Now, here's the thing, Scotty. I mean, this to me kind of hurts everybody. You know, because to me, I don't think they bring in Adrian Peterson to be some kind of bell cow back. If they thought he had that potential, he would have been signed a long time ago, right? So you put him in a pot with, uh, you know, with Rob Kelly, with P. Ryan, who also, I believe, sprained his ankle when I was gone. You still have Chris Thompson there. This is now shaping up to be a full-on committee. Or do you think that Adrian Peterson really becomes a lead dog in our nation's capital? Yeah, he's not becoming a lead dog. You know, right. We saw what he could do. Last. He had a few good games last year, but then he had some stinkers. I, I think it's Rob Kelly and him sharing carries on early downs. Uh, Shamaja P. Ramboy, when he, gets, when, he, when he comes back, uh, I think he's going to be behind both of those guys. If they were confident about P. Ryan's health or his productivity, they wouldn't have signed Peterson, I don't think. And then you got Chris Thompson, obviously, on passing downs. But Adrian Peterson, you know, he was not going to agree to come back if he was just going to sit and be depth, you know, that Adrian Peterson has too much pride, you know, 
this guy is a future Hall of Famer. So what it does, though, is really put a dent into the narrative that Rob Kelly has some sleeper potential. Right. That's what I was saying as well. You know, bringing him into the fold, I think it hurts everybody because it just makes it another kind of full-on committee. I do think an interesting note, though, you know, Washington's big-time tackle, Trent Williams and Adrian Peterson, they were teammates in uh, Oklahoma back in their college days, and Trent Williams apparently was a really big piece of getting uh, Gruden and the team to bring in Adrian Peterson for the workout, and it ultimately worked pretty well. I mean, Scott, I don't know if you've updated ranks yet, but can we play a little bit of a name game here in terms of uh, Adrian Peterson? Like, where are you kind of slating Peterson? You know, I'm looking at, uh, let me start with, say, like, would you like Peterson or... Um, you know, say a guy like LeGarrette Blunt, who has been trending down, uh, getting action, say, in the second with second teamers in the second half, you know, maybe behind a guy like Kerryon Johnson. Would you rather have Adrian Peterson or LeGarrette Blunt? I'd probably rather have Blunt because I feel like he's hmm. still going to get goal line carries when play begins for real. That's that's going to be a big committee, too, but I think. He's still a better goal line runner, you know, than Peterson at this point. And if anything, I think Kelly's going to get more goal line carries than than Peterson. Would you rather have Peterson or Latavius Murray? I think I go Latavius Murray. I think he has huh. more opportunity to steal goal line carries. Okay, fair enough. And you in, in the latest ranks that I'm seeing, uh, and by the way, when I'm talking about the Kings ranks, I'm talking about the Roto Experts Exclusive Edge Fantasy Football Package. Great ranks, great t- content, even the blog from the Fantasy Executive, okay, is going to be the key for you to win your leagues and win that cash this year. Don't forget to enter the promo code the King at checkout. And I see you have Latavius Murray all the way down in Tier 11, all the way down at RB54. And if you have Adrian Peterson, and below that, it kind of, to our point, renders all of these Washington backs pretty much obsolete, maybe with the exception of, obviously, Chris Thompson and PPR settings, right? Yeah, it's a, like, I don't think I'm going to end up with any Adrian Peterson shares. Adrian Peterson goes to the guy who brings a magazine to his yep. draft and, you know, still knows the name. the name or is not as prepared, you know, mainstream player who's not as prepared as somebody who listens to this show or subscribes to the exclusive Ed Fantasy Football Package. Oh, it's 11th round. Adrian Peterson's still there. I'll take him. Yeah, absolutely. Do not fall into that name recognition trap. You know, I'd rather have somebody who's on the ascent than someone who just got signed off the street using up the last, uh, last drops in the gas tank. All right, Scotty. Uh, since I've been gone, you know, I was trying to follow, I was trying to follow things. And I think the biggest things, to be quite honest, you know, there's some injuries. There was some news over there in Cleveland at the wide receiver position that I want to get to. And I want to bounce these things off you almost kind of like rapid fire and see kind of, uh, maybe you spoke about them with Mike Blewett, who is in for me. Thanks to Mike Blewett. We'll be joining him a little bit later on next hour on fantasy sports today, but you know, kind of see how, like if they rate for you, if they were a big deal or not just on some of these some of these uh, kind of news and notes and injuries that I've heard since I was gone. Does that sound good for you? Sure. All right, so the first one I want to ask you about 
Rex Burkhead in New England. They're saying that he has a slight tear in his knee, but that he's probably going to play through it. Now, Scotty, I mean, Burkhead's got a knee. We know Sony Michelle went under the knife a couple of weeks ago. He, they say he's going to be all right for week one. Uh, talk to me about Burkhead. Do you, are you comfortable with him playing through this all year? Or how does this, what does this do to the Patriots committee, also with Michelle coming back in the first couple of weeks of the season? Because I was thinking it was Burkhead and Michelle Maybe a little James White on passing downs. Maybe a little, it looks like Jeremy Hill at the goal line. But what does this do for the real uh, early down work, Burkhead and Michelle, both now with knee injuries that they're coming back from? Yeah, it's you know, Michelle. If you go to front page of rotoexperts.com this morning, uh, you know, check out the latest from Inside Injuries. They're very worried about Michelle. And hmm. you know, maybe this like creep into the season. And that'll give a shot maybe for Jeremy Hill to make the roster and make a little bit of a dent here because Gillisley, you know, is also on the roster bubble. And Burkhead, is, he's healthy enough to play. So as long as Burkhead's there, I think it still conf- confuses things because you have Burkhead, White, and maybe, and maybe Jeremy Hill, who's still on the roster bubble because if they carry four running backs, does, does, does Hill make it? Right. It's either going to be Hill or Gillisley, right? One of them, one of them is no. Going to get it's like both of them. Of both of them might be out. You know, if they carry, if well, they, you got if Rex, you got Michelle, you got James White, and you got Brandon Bolden. You know, they have to. Uh, okay. You know, they for special as a running too? back for special teams. You know, if they carry him, they might not carry five running backs. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. So in that situation, though, who becomes kind of like the goal line hammer? Do they run Burkhead at the goal line? Uh. Yeah, probably. You know, he's he's the most physical, I, I'd say. Of the, but the, I, I would be averse to. I don't see them being averse to using White. You know, of course, if Michelle is there, I think he becomes the guy. All right, fair enough. The other thing that I think is very interesting, you know, I heard A.J. McCarron broke his collarbone. Then I heard he didn't. Then I heard he had a shoulder issue that was going to take some time. Then I heard he was like week to week. It might be fine. What's up with A.J. McCarron? And more importantly, does this clear the path for Josh Allen to maybe be under center week one? Well, McCarron, they came back and said he doesn't have a fractured shoulder. Right, no hairline kind of- fracture. But Josh Allen has played so well in the preseason, and this team is not in a win-now mode. You know, he's really nice touchdown pass last week. You know, displaying mm-hmm. quick decision-making, uh, very strong arm, good zip on his passes. I think he opens the season as, as a starter. Yeah, and I mean, it looks like that's the way it's trending for a lot of these rookie quarterbacks, right, Scott? I mean, there's a lot of buzz here in New York. It sounds like Sam Darnold, Sam I Am, is taking all of the first-team reps. It looks like he'll get the start against the Giants in the Snoopy Bowl this week and then maybe under center week one on Monday Night Football against Detroit. And then, listen, in Cleveland, you still got Baker Mayfield impressing, but the thing is, Tyrod is looking good, too. How, who's under center for Cleveland week one? I think it's Taylor. Jackson come out emphatically stated as Taylor has had a good preseason. All right, absolutely. We are off and running. When we come back, a couple of more news and notes I want to get caught up on. And then we spend a couple of minutes with Mets starting pitcher Steven Matz talking fantasy football. It's Dane and Scott, Roto experts in the morning. Speeds is back in the saddle and feeling good about it. Let's get ready, Roto experts in the morning. Come on right back after this. 
Like a great pass rusher, the Roto Experts will help you sack your fantasy football competition. When you register for their exclusive Edge Fantasy Package, you get a cheat sheet generator plus a player database with sortable projections and rankings from the best in the business. And you can join the fantasy conversation in the 24-7 Slack chat channel. Visit rotoexperts.com to register for the exclusive Edge Fantasy Package and enter the promo code FNTSY and you get a 10% discount. That's the rotoexperts.com exclusive Edge Fantasy Football Package promo code FNTSY. almost week one of the football season, so I say hooray, ho, hey, ho, hey, Dave. yeah, what's up? I was at City Field last night, and yeah. in, the, uh, in the dining room, there was a huge spirited argument about uh, who, who, who's greater between Tupac and Jay-Z. And Jay-Z and Tupac? Yeah, yeah. That's interesting. Some That's of the interesting. Workers. That's interesting. I'm more of an East Coast guy. I like Jay-Z. I like his longevity. I would put Jay-Z in my top five. Tupac, I was, you know, listen, Tupac is one of those guys I respect, but he's not in my personal uh, tops. But that's just me. You know, it's a question of opinion, I would say. How do you feel about yeah. that, Scotty? I was wondering, I said to myself, you know, if Dave you was, here, was an opinion, because <laughs> the, 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 the guy who liked Jay-Z was so vocal and, like, really putting down Tupac. I'm really not into, like... You know, seriously, any rap that like past the mid nineties. I'm not. I'm not. I like Tupac's music. Okay, I was never really a fan of Jay Z's work. You know, it's me. me, I'm like. I'm like old school. It's like I liked Run DMC before Walk This Way. I loved Houdini. I loved early LL Cool J. All the eighties and early nineties stuff. Uh, Don't forget about a good little Big Daddy Kane, little Rakim as well. I loved Rakim. I never, never big on Big Daddy Kane though. I, I, I never was, but. Uh, you know, if you ask me, like, I'm just not a not a fan of either. But you can't deny, it, like, Jay Z's probably bigger than Tupac was. But at this point, I, I mean, I'd rather, I'd, marrying I'd rather, Beyonce didn't hurt, right? No, but uh, you know, he's more of a mogul. Where I feel like you yeah. know, Tupac was more of a pure musician. That's true. He did get into the acting yeah. at some point as well, and who knows if his career continued, right, with, with the business opportunities that opened up. <laughs> yes, that was another great movie, movie as well. Let's see if I know the ledge. But listen, somebody that That's I know you've been talking about um, was Rashad Penny, right, and there's Chris Carson back and forth. But when I was gone, Penny broke his finger, right, and he's having surgery. What I want to ask you, though, and we mentioned this once before, uh, Scotty, with some of these guys coming off injury, maybe Sonny Michelle in the same boat, does this now create value for them? Because, I mean, Penny is now dropping so far in, on draft boards, right? At a certain point, he becomes a great value. Where would you go ahead and take Rashad Penny, even though it looks like Carson is going to be the guy at least to start the season? Do you still think that Penny's going to get more and more share as the season goes along? At some point, he's a value Scotty, talk to me about your Seahawks and their running backs. Where where do you take Rashad Penny these days? I think if he drops past the sixth round, you're talking value. And it okay. could happen in some drafts because people are already reactionary to what's in the presence. But, you know, against the Chargers, Chris Carson got two, two straight carries at the goal line, two straight fumbles and lost second. You know, that to me, that's detrimental, I think, because the Seahawks, like, had big red zone and goal line issues last year. And if Chris Carson can't solve them, Rashad Penny certainly can't. So I, I think eventually this becomes a timeshare 
And uh, you know, I, I don't I don't think Carson's lead on Penny is safe. You know, when mm-hmm. Penny comes back from this thing, probably by week two. Right, but if you're drafting, if you're drafting this week, and I know a lot of you are, um, it seems like. It seems like Penny continues to fall. So you're saying if he's still there for you in round six or later, that uh, he could be a good, uh, like your third running back to grab? Yeah, I, I think i outstanding third running back to grab. You know, it's, look, I said nothing was handed to anybody under Pete Carroll. But at mm-hmm. the same time, you know, Chris Carson, if he's not going to be physical enough, he's not going to be able to hold on to this job. You know, and, and the thing about Penny is he's physical. You know, people have compared him to Sean Alexander with, like, you know, more of a physical physical nature. He's like a glider like, like Alexander was. By the way, when I'm on these Seahawk boards, it amazes me how Seahawk fans just disrespect the hell out of Sean Alexander in retrospect. Well, this is a guy who had, what, 28 touchdowns one season, Scotty? Was that right? Yeah, but they talk Absolutely. about how he wasn't, wasn't physical. You know, they all love Lynch, et cetera. But, you know, Recent Sean Alexander dies. was just a different, different kind of runner. Yeah, absolutely. And remember, for a lot of these sites out there, the uh, pricing for week one came out a long time ago. So you might be able to get an edge as people are trending up or down in the preseason. And I also want to let you guys know, if you go out there and want to play DFS, don't go to all those sites where the people are putting in 50, 100, 150 lineups just using their algorithms. Check out Fantasy Factor. It is the only exclusive single-entry DFS site, okay? They also have free rolls registering all the time and great promotions for free prizes. Keep a lookout on Fantasy Factor's free $1 million survivor contest opening about a week before NFL kickoff. That's right. So check it out. Go to www.fantasyfactor.com. You can tell them Spitting Statistician and The King sent you. I got a couple of other questions I have for uh, injuries that I saw real quick, and then we're going to spend a couple of minutes with Mets starting pitcher Steven Matz. Scott, who is catching footballs in Miami? It seems like uh, Devontae Parker also broke a finger. Maybe that's why he can't catch the ball. Kenny Stills is a little bit banged up, too. I think this Dolphins offense is going to be something of a dumpster fire, Scott. Who are we looking for maybe on Fantasy Factor or other sites? I mean, someone has to get production, but it looks like Stills and Parker are banged up. Yeah, it's it's going to be Kenny Drake out of the backfield. You know, <laughs> Mike Kosicki is not showing us anything. Albert right. Wilson will never show us anything. Danny Amendola can't stay healthy. There's going to be a lot of three and outs for this team. This is, this, the, the, the Dolphins might be the worst team in the NFL, although they have a very good secondary on defense, you know, and they, they're up front. But they could be one of those three-win teams that plays a lot of good defense, and the offense just frustrates the hell out of them because they're on the, on the field so much of the time. Like I've been saying all along, one of their beat writers predicted that Kenyon Drake is going to lead the team in receptions. Yeah, and that would not be a good thing. That would not be a good thing. If for you draft Drake, Miami. that'd be good. PPR, I guess, but it's not for the. It's not good for the Miami Dolphins. I'll tell you that. I got one other question. I got a couple more questions I want to ask you, Scotty, to help me get caught up since I've been gone. And then we're going to talk about. You know, we're going to talk with Stephen Matz. Um. What's up in Philly with their quarterback situation? You know, Foles had his shoulder. Wentz is coming back. They cleared him for 11 on 11. But here's the thing. One thing I know is that you do not want to rush back your face of the franchise. You expect Wentz to be on the center for you for the next 12 years. You're not going to rush him just because Nick Foles is also banged up. Uh, read the tea leaves on this one, Scotty. When the season opens on Thursday night and the Eagles get to hang their banner up against the Atlanta Falcons, uh, who's going to be playing quarterback for the defense? Defending champions? 
No one knows for sure, but if you look at inside right. injuries on rotoexperts.com uh, this morning, you know, also they talk about Carson Wentz, you know, in their injury roundup and saying that, you know, he may not be ready for week one. You know, it's trending right. in, the, in a direction where he may not be. And, you know, they, the Eagles have the luxury of having falls, and they don't have to rush him back for one game. So I wouldn't be surprised if Carson Wentz sat out the, the season opener. But then again, it's really hard to predict how anybody's body responds. You know, it's all about a healing process, et cetera. So they don't want to rush him before he's ready. So right now, I consider it like 40% that, you know, that Wentz is going to start the opener. Okay, and then last thing before we go to Stephen Matz here, uh, Josh Gordon sighting. He is back for the Cleveland Browns. I'm sure we're going to see it a lot on Hard Knocks uh, tonight, you know, on HBO. But, you know, what does this now do? I, I got I to gotta assume this ends the pursuit of uh, Des Bryant, you know, but... Now, he still hasn't necessarily been cleared to practice, and it really looks like – we talked about Tyrod Taylor probably being that starting quarterback. As we've seen, he has an amazing eyes for Jarvis Landry. Um, what does this do to Jarvis Landry? Because there was a lot of buzz around him being maybe you know the best kind of wide receiver three possible or a viable wide receiver two for your fantasy team. Does that change with the uh, return of Josh Gordon? And where do you see Josh Gordon himself fitting in? I – don't think this hurts Jarvis Landry at all. I, both okay. these guys are top top twenty fantasy wide receivers for me. Tyrod Taylor can throw to both of them. I think. Uh, I think I'd rather have Josh Gordon, but of course, you never know with Josh Gordon. You know how long he's going to stick around. You never know what's right. going to happen with that guy. And you know Landry's already had a really good preseason, and uh, I think both these guys are relevant. Okay, fair enough. You do have them back-to-back in your latest rankings that I see. You have Josh Gordon, wide receiver number 17, Jarvis Landry, wide receiver 18. So it sounds like you would be completely fine with either one of these, especially in PPR settings, as your wide receiver two. All right, um, Scotty, you spent a couple of minutes with Steven Matt, Mets starting pitcher. What would you talk to him about? Uh, Big league impact, fantasy football for Ah. charity. Uh, tomorrow, you know, if you're still interested at City Field, uh, at 11 a.m., you can draft for charity against your favorite New York Mets, including Jacob DeGrom, Stephen Matz, who's running the event, uh, and uh, Jerry Blevins and Devin Mezzarocco. And there might be some appearances by Met Legends, possibly. Uh, not sure on that, but, you know, okay. it's a great thing. Check it out at BigLeagueImpact.org. We've been, I've been supporting it. We've been supporting it for years. And not just if you're a Met fan, you know, the Yankees had their draft with CC Sabathia last week. But, you know, in, in uh, cities like San Francisco, San Diego, Minnesota, you can draft for your favorite uh, major leaguers. As Major League Baseball players love fantasy football. All of them have clubhouse leagues. And you can draft against your favorite players for charity. It's, it's just it's a great thing. All right, let's hear Stephen Matz talking a little bit more about it, and let's also see who he might want to draft himself. Cue up the Mr. Ed, Scotty. Let's hear it straight from the horse's mouth. Stephen Matz with the King Scott Angle here on Roto Experts in the morning. Stephen, you got a big league impact coming up Wednesday. You're hosting it at City Field. Uh, you did it last year for the first time. Why do you think it's such a great event? You actually get to sit down with fans and play fantasy football for charity. Yeah, well, I think a few things. One is fantasy football is just such a fun thing to do. It's something that, you know, is for us baseball players, it's during our off season, And, um, 
you know, it's just something to really get you involved and stay in tune to, to the football season. And the other thing is, obviously, it's for a great cause. You know, I think they've already built a, a live freshwater well in Haiti, and they're going to continue to do great things on the charity side of things. And it's just going to be an all-around fun day for the, uh, for the people attending, and I think it's a great thing. How prepared are you to draft? Uh, we'll see. Uh, sometimes the less you are prepared, the better you do. So I'm not trying to overthink anything, and I'm just going to try to, uh, you know, pick the guys I like in my spot. How long have you been playing, and what other leagues do you play in? Uh, so I play in our team league, and then um, I've been playing fo- fantasy football for about five years, probably not too long. So I'm still pretty fresh at it. So how'd you do last year in the team league? Took uh, third place. So what, what's what's your study regimen like? Do you like uh, do you read stuff on the plane? You know how do you get prepared? Yeah, I actually got a magazine the other day and was reading on the plane. Um, I also have a friend who uh, who's big into football, who I go to him for advice a lot. So you're a Giants fan. Uh, if you get in a position to take Saquon Barkley in the top four, would you do it and why? In the top four picks? Ooh. I I wouldn't. I think there's too many guys who have proven themselves at that point to be taken. But um, I think maybe later in the first round uh, would be more slot for me. So, so what about Odell? Would you would you take him in the in the first round? Like if you're towards the end or the swing? Yeah, I'd probably I'd probably take Odell. Um, I like running backs though, so I probably would go with uh, with Barkley over Odell. If there was one guy you had to have on your team this year, like say it was an auction draft, who would it be and why? Oh wow! Um, so there's some guys that I really like that um, probably I shouldn't like that much. Um, but I would say uh, I think Todd Gurley. I had him last year, and you know he had a down year two years ago. But it, we snagged him in the second round, and he just carried our team. So I would want him on my squad. What does big league impact say to you about fantasy sports that not only can bring together where you have something in common with the fans, but it can also uh, you know change lives actually? Yeah, I think it's a really cool idea to uh, to do this. You know, it's something that um, a wide variety of people are into. And, you know, the NFL is such a fun, a fun season, and it just enhances that. And to be able to uh, use it for, uh, you know, a greater benefit is, I think, is something that's really cool. How do you react when people say they draft you in fantasy baseball because then you're the drafted instead of the drafter? Yeah, I think that's pretty cool. You know, I know how into it I am and these guys are with the fantasy football. So I don't know if it's like that with baseball, but uh, I think that would be pretty cool. There you have it. Uh, Stephen Matz spending a couple of minutes with the king, Scott Angle. You know, you mentioned, Scotty, the idea of how, like, fantasy sports for good here. So definitely check out BigLeagueImpact.org. Going down with Stephen Matz tomorrow. A couple of other couple of other big league uh, teams doing the same kind of thing. I know we're going to be later on this week talking with Hunter Pence, who will be doing this as well. You know, Adam Rainwright doing this for the Cardinals. A lot of big leaders big leaguers getting involved you know and it's so great to see this i also remember last week remember we talked with ramin from the gm genius uh kind of scholarship as well so many ways that fantasy football can be used for good yeah adam wainwright actually started this you know he was saying uh you know he wanted to find a new exciting way to start charities and started asking major leaguers you know across the country about this 
And, uh, you know, now it does great things. Uh, you know, recently, like you mentioned, you know, irrigation in Haiti, also mm-hmm. building schools in Haiti, uh, you know, baseball fields, water ir- irrigation and filtration and farms in nine communities in the Dominican yeah. Republic, uh, you know, helping out with the Syrian refugee crisis, you know, stuff like that. And, uh, you know, if you go to Big League Impact and you go to the homepage there, you know, it tells you all these drafts that they have coming up. And the wonderful thing about it is, and I've been about four of these already, is just seeing the fans sit there with the players at the same table and have something in common. I just actually be able to, to hang out with the players. So you got you have the, the Twins coming up, the Rays, the Padres, the Reds, the Cardinals. Uh, so check it out at bigleagueimpact.org. It's just, it's great. It, it, you know, it, it's, it's, it's really just a lot of fun. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we talk about using fantasy for good. I'm also reminded of our guy Drew Dinkmeyer over on DailyRoto.com, uh, who obviously won the Humanitarian of the Year Award uh, last year. You know, he was doing something getting clean water to communities that need it. And it makes me think, listen, guys, if we haven't already told you, DailyRoto.com is putting more than 25000 on the line for its subscribers this NFL season, entering paid contests on FanDuel and bringing you along for the free roll. Have a chance to win big this year alongside sports. Grid CEO Jeremy Stein, one of the only men to have won two separate million-dollar prizes. Each week, we'll select lucky subscribers and split 50% of the profits. No profits that week? No worries. Your name will get tossed back into the hat the following week. Head to dailyroto.com sweat and learn how to get in on the action and your share of $25,000. That is dailyroto.com sweat. All right, Scotty, we are going to take a break in a minute. Uh, when we come back, Scotty, we got a lot of stuff to do, okay? We got a lot of team names that I want to bounce off you. I also, because I know you told me you didn't see Hard Knocks. We got Hard Knocks uh, Episode 3 coming up tonight. I want to catch you up on Episode 2. We're going to put the fun in functional sports radio right here bright and early in the morning. It is Roto Experts in the morning with the spitting statistician and the king, Scott Angle. We're going to be breaking it down. We got some other interviews for the rest of the week. But don't forget, hit us up on Twitter. Twitter as well, at Spittin' Speeds, at Scotty Roto X. And if you want to join the fun, the number to call is 844-843-6879. When we come back, some more news and notes, some fantasy team names as well. We got a contest to run. Come on right back. It's Roto Experts in the morning. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Good morning, Dane Martinez, the fitness statistician, and the King Scott Angle here on Roto Experts in the Morning. Don't forget, if you want to join the fun, the number to call is 844-843-6879. You can also hit us up on Twitter, at ScottyRotoX, at Spittin' Speeds. We'll help you get everything you need to win your leagues and win that cash. Hey, Scotty, one piece of news. I don't know if you talked about it. 
uh, yesterday, but I think it's kind of interesting. It's not an injury. It's a piece of uh, buzz, shall we say, you know, and I'm noticing, I always call the Detroit Lions one of those fantasy herds, you know, where you never know which wide receivers are going to pop off and which pass catchers for on a week-to-week basis because there's such volatility there, but um, I saw that Kenny Galladay is running in two wide receiver sets with Marvin Jones, not Golden Tate. To me, that's very, very interesting. Like, you know, Tate is the great slot guy, but the fact that when they're in two wide, it seems like it's Galladay and Jones. If that's the case in the regular season, that is a huge dent in Golden Tate's fantasy uh, potential and a big boost to Kenny Galladay, wouldn't it be? Do you think that that's actually how it's going to play out? Well, they do use a lot of three wide receiver sets. So, right. look, I think Galladay's going to take a step forward this year. They want to be more physical, you know, like I've been saying all along. And Galladay definitely plays into that. Uh, you know, he could cut into the numbers of both Golden Tate and Marvin Jones. Uh, because when you want a lot, a lot of three wide receiver sets, and they still want a possession catch, they're still going to Golden Tate, who remains one of the best yard after, after the catch guys in the entire league. So, Galladay's going to get his. It remains to be seen, you know, who he cuts into. But I think they're going to run a lot of wide, three wide receiver sets. I think if there's anybody I'm concerned about in uh, Detroit, I think it's Theo Riddick because you have two right. more running backs. You have another guy in the passing game now. He did have a 42-yard catch and run, but I don't think there's going to be any kind of consistency from Theo Riddick, and there wasn't last year. I think it, it just gets worse for Theo Riddick. Yeah, I agree with you. And we're also seeing on Johnson with the ability – you know, to make some plays out of the backfield as well, right? So we thought in Detroit those roles were going to be very, very clear with Garrett Blunt kind of in, as the hammer on the goal line, on Johnson in the 20s, and Theo Riddick with the receptions. But, you know, it looks like on Johnson may be able to stay in there uh, for more snaps, and I agree. I, I think T- Theo Riddick is trending down. Uh, Scotty, you have Golden Tate, though, as your highest-ranked Lions wide receiver right behind the combo in Cleveland. I see them in PPR score, and you have them in – Golden Tate is wide receiver 19, which would be a back-end wide receiver 2. Does this news of maybe Galladay and too wide uh, make you bump down Tate at all? I understand that the Lions and my guy Jim Bob Cooter will be running three wides for a lot of the time, but uh, do you bump Tate at all because of this? I might bump him down a rung or two, but, you know, I still like him where he is. It's more about Galladay moving up to me. Okay, fair enough. And, and, and the last thing I want to catch up with you, Scott, on is, you know, there's still some people that are holding out, most notably your boy Earl Thomas and then Khalil Mack. But Khalil Mack, it sounds like, you know, there may be a trade market there for Khalil Mack, so much so, Scotty, that uh, I've seen odds on what team Khalil Mack will be on after the trade deadline this year. And let me tell you something. The Raiders are not the favorite, Scott. Um, right now, the Packers are the favorite at plus 200, the Bears at plus 300, then the Raiders at plus 350, along with the Jets. Then you see the Bills, the Washington football team, the Giants, and the field. Uh, do you think Khalil Mack and or Earl Thomas are going to be on the move? Because right now, listen, they've both incurred a million and a half dollars in fines so far. It's like 800000 for each preseason game they miss. So it looks like they're drawing their line in the stand, these two. Well... I think the situations are different. I think okay. Thomas has much more of a chance to get moved than Mac, who's younger, okay. franchise player on a defense that really, really needs him because there's nothing else on that defense. You know, it's Gruden kind of like 
standing his ground and you know because he's the new guy there but eventually i think they're going to they're going to come to some sort of agreement because you know, one once they figure something out they're going to have mac there for a long time whereas the seahawks right now are in a situation where thomas is going to turn 30 not too far away and they feel like you know they've already give, given him that you know that extra contract they don't want to give him another and have something happen like a cap with champ can't Camp Chancellor, they've already seen more injuries from Thomas over the last two years, so I think they'd be more apt to deal Thomas. I would hate to see it happen, uh, but you got to keep an eye on where he goes because I think uh, I think if he went to Dallas, he, you know, from an IDP perspective, uh, right. you know, he'd be he'd be making a lot of tackles. He he makes plays wherever he is, but he'd be more busy, I think, a little bit more in that that Dallas secondary than Seattle, and then also, you know. You look at it too. If like if Earl Thomas moves on from the Seahawks and moves on to the Cowboys, I think that affects Vegas odds for both of them too. Yeah, Earl Thomas is a strong enough player to be able to kind of move the needle in that regard as well. He will certainly change the defensive composition of any team he lands on. And to be quite honest, so will Khalil Mack, right? If Khalil Mack moves to say, like they said, like the Packers or something like that, it certainly could change. And the one thing I'll say before we go into some of these team names, Scott, you know how we were picking those division winners? Um, I'm a little bit concerned with Minnesota. Um, and the reason is their offensive line has been eviscerated in the preseason. I think they've lost two or three starters already, and it's not like they had a strong offensive line to start with. Um, I know we don't talk O-line much, but, you know, if you lose 40% of your O-line, um, it could be a problem. Does that give you any concern up there in Minnesota, Scotty? Well, it depends on how long these guys are actually going to miss. Right. Uh, you know, offensive offensive line. You know, it depends on the depth and the continuity there. Uh, I think it is something of a concern. I don't. I don't think the offensive line was bad by any stretch. You know, when when you know when they started the preseason. So, uh, you know, it's it's really about who's going to step forward there, and that's that's why you know I used to talk to former Viking Chris Dolman about it. And he said, you know, they work in practices a lot. You know, using the substitute offensive linemen. And uh, you know this is something that's got to be played out. You got you want to have the continuity there, but uh, I, I I don't want to speculate yet because I want to see what that line looks like when the season opens. You know, not about guys being banged up in the preseason. Okay, fair enough. You know, and hopefully, you know, there is still uh, about two, two and a half weeks until week one. And the Minnesota Vikings, I believe they start with the Jimmy Garoppolo, San Francisco 49ers. So we shall see. Uh, but those 49ers do have some strength up front on that line with all their first round draft picks. So you do want to make sure that their offensive line is there for the Vikings. All right, Scotty, let's have some fun. Um, now, when I left... We had, uh, we had our first kind of poll to see what the number one name was going to be. I think Jimmy G-Spot from our guy Strong Style Ninja uh, was the uh, winner of the first half, shall we say, of our contest. We're going to still be able to, you know, make our unilateral decisions on the ultimate winners. But, Scotty, when I was gone, I got a couple of uh, new new submissions that I think are great. A lot of them from people that we've heard of from before, you know, Carl Anderson, Tyler Bryson's, and, the, the, and stuff like that. Mendo Bruce hit me up as well. And here's the thing. Remember there are a lot of uh, submissions about Darius Geis, and then he got hurt. 
Well, I hope that our listeners do not put the hex on Josh Rosen because we got a couple of those today. So let me see what you think, Scotty. Just to refresh your memory, you've got Carry On My Wayward Son, She's Stealing On My Ditka, Jimmy G-Spot, Osequan UC, and Hene Alavadka. I'm riding so far with four Netflix and chill. Jimmy's G-Spot, the Njoku's on you, who, by the way, in the last Hard Knocks episode, we saw that he's, uh, Scotty, he's real big into meditation, okay? He does some meditation, he does some yoga, he visualizes himself doing well, and, uh, you know, he seems to be moving up draft boards, so maybe that meditation is helping him. My Ingram toenail hurts, and I am also including from Scott Swanson as my number five, can't hide my chub as uh, the Browns running back. I got a lot of Cleveland Browns action in there. Um, so Carl Anderson has submitted, Scotty, um, every Rosen has its thorn. What do you think? Uh, I think people are trying to play on my musical tendencies. Yes. Yeah. It's, uh, are you going to let them do it? Is it working for you? No. No, it's no? just because I like carry on my way with son is my favorite. It's uh, but I I, I want to hear these keep coming though. They they're interesting. But no, I absolutely. This, this is cl- not as clever as carry on my way with son. Gotcha. Fair but, enough. You know, it's, Mendo- a, it's, a, it's a it's a it's a decent play on the old poison tune. No problem. It just doesn't make the top five for the king. Um, Mendo Bruce hit me up, ah. and he's gone with uh, he hath Rosen. Yeah, he hath Rosen. What do you think? That's okay. You know, I could like see he, that. Like he has risen. I could, I could see. I could see that on a banner. You know, in the end zone in Arizona, right. but but not in my top five. Okay, fair enough. Uh, my man, King Scheme. I don't know if you. Uh, I don't know if you remember. There was a big time Saturday Night Live skit, uh, Scatty. Uh, with a little Justin Timberlake where it was a, a blank in the box. I don't know if you remember this, but uh, his team name, King Scheme, is going with what's in the effing box with Watt, Deshaun Watson. What's in the box? What do you think? That's uh, that's interesting. I do interesting. remember that when Justin Yeah. It's my D in a box. Line. It's yeah. my D in a box. Yeah. And then he was like, step one. You open the box. And then he's like, what's in the box? No? Okay, fine. We can keep it moving. We can keep it moving. My man, King Ski. I, I, like, I, I get it. me up again. I get it. it. I get it. You know, probably be in my top 50. Top 50? No problem. Yeah. King Scheme is definitely listening. Big shout out to him. He's hitting me up on Twitter right now. He's got another submission we'll use tomorrow. I got a couple more I want to bounce off you today, though, Scotty. And they're both by Taylor Bryson, who, as you know, oh, has been maybe our biggest contributor, right? So you ready? Um, our most effective contributor. Yeah. It has been. This guy, the first one is a pun on Aaron Rodgers, Green Bay Packers quarterback. I may wind up having to switch my NFC North pick to Green Bay. We'll see. I still got a week and a half to flip-flop on that one. But what about this one, Scott? Armed Rogery. It's not bad. It's I've not bad. I mean, all the Tyler Bryson it's, ones but are it's pretty not good. Bad. Not bad at all. I like it, too. It just doesn't make my top five. Taylor, continuing to bring the heat. And the last one from today to bounce off you, I saved – I think this is the best of the ones today. Let's see what you think. Again, from Taylor Bryson. Uh, Scotty, you know that big uh, first-round New Orleans Saints running back. A lot of people are seeing this guy zoom up draft boards. What about Lights, Kamara, action? I like that. 
Ooh, Scotty likes it. Does it crack your top five? You would have to bounce out Henne a la vodka, which I know you like. Yeah. Henny Alavodka or a Lights Kamara action? Well, this if you put Lights Kamara action in, three of your top five would be Tyler Bryson. It probably makes my top seven, but it doesn't make, quite make my top five. All right, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to put it it's up top in 10. the number. I'm going to make it in a number six. Maybe we have to do Nadia. Maybe we've gotten so many good ones that instead of a top five, we got to do you know, kind of like a top 10 or something, we may have to broaden it out a little bit because I do think that's a good one. Lights, Kamara, action. I like that one as well. I'm putting, uh, when I was going through them over my vacation, I had another Taylor Bryson one that I think got underrepresented. And I want to get back into my like top six or seven, like you're saying. Stairway to Evans, I think, is also great out of Tyler. Um, yeah, that's a good one too, yeah. Yeah, those are some other ones. So keep them coming. I saw King Scheme hit me up. We'll get his new submission. Uh tomorrow's show when we talk a lot of other good stuff. Scotty, you got to go see uh, Hard Knocks on HBO if you can find it anywhere. The other thing I got to tell you, we got a new sponsor, okay? Check out BetDSI. They are celebrating 20 years as the industry's biggest and safest betting site. They have great customer service and fast, easy payments. You can even... Virtually play every sport with BetDSI. Hundreds of wagering options, including live game wagering on all sporting events. Um, You know, for a limited time, though, you can use the promo code FANTASY, F-N-T-S-Y. BetDSI is offering up to $2,500 on your first deposit if you're willing to adhere to their rollover requirements. So use the promo code F-N-T-S-Y. BetDSI is offering up to 25%. I mean, excuse me, $2,500 on your first deposit, okay? Don't forget, BetDSI.com, promo fantasy. Head on over and start winning today. Feeling good, Scotty. I'm feeling good. Back in the saddle. We got, you know, the big-time dress rehearsal this week. Coming up later on in the week, we'll start to preview all of those week three preseason matchups. They call it the dress rehearsal. We should expect the starters to be playing, uh, you know, the entire first half. We'll break down some of those games, some of those lines, some of those odds later on in the week. Right, Scotty? Yeah, and I want to hear more about this. We think the Packers are winning the division. I get concerned about you. Did you base your picks too much on the quarterbacks? You think so? Yeah, you yeah. think so? We'll see. De- I definitely mean- with the Colts thing because I'm vehemently against that because they have they have a terrible defense and no running game. Yeah, and, and Andrew Luck didn't really look as great as I was hoping either. Uh, we'll see if he can shake the rust off. But remember, we still have some time. You know, there's still two more preseason games for us to see. We've made some of our picks, but you have said, Scott, we have the right to uh, we have the right to switch them until that Labor Day week and week one, right? But we got to lock them in before the season opener, which will be in just two weeks and two days. The Philadelphia Eagles and the Atlanta Falcons, but we still do not know who will be under center for the defending champions when they open the season in only 16 days, Scotty. Can you believe it? 16 days, and then we got some football. Yeah, can't wait. Can't wait. Can't wait. That's what we're talking about. You sound like Bart Scott after a playoff win, Scotty. You can't wait. Neither can I. Well, that about does it here for us. He won a playoff game? Yeah. Absolutely. In New England. In New England, they won playoff game when they went to -to back-to-back AFC championship games led by the Sanchez, Scotty. 
Look, okay, I, I, love you. I love you, so I'll steer clear of making any derogatory comments. I'm just saying yeah. it definitely happened. It definitely happened back in the day. Hey, Scotty, can I ask you real quick? Um, yeah. It still seems like we have another minute real quick. Um, um, talk to me about Tampa Bay, this running back situation real quick. It looks like Ronald Jones is falling, 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 falling. Peyton Barber is going to be the lead dog there. And I even saw that uh, Charles Sims, the pass pa- Pass catching back got banged up when I was gone with a knee also, right? So are we is this setting up to be just like Peyton Barber? Is he going to be a value for us in fantasy drafts in the next week or two? Yeah, you know, you expect these rookie running backs with all the talent to seize the opportunity. He hasn't. Peyton Barber's played really well. You've got to take this situation seriously here, whereas Chris Carson, I think, eventually would get leapfrogged by Penny. I don't know if this is going to happen in Tampa Bay. Ronald Jones is having a bad preseason and, you know, if he's not going to get enough reps on the field during the regular season, he could be on the bench for a while making Peyton Barber real value. Yeah, absolutely. So that's another kind of, uh, you know, what you may have thought going in with all these big-time rookies. Don't forget about the incumbents, okay? And don't forget about finding updated ranks at the Roto Edge exclusive fantasy football package use the promo code the king at checkout he'll be updating his ranks this week now that preseason week two is in the books there's still two more weeks but uh to get the up-to-date ranks definitely go to rotoexperts.com i'll see you tomorrow scotty